Welcome back to episode 113 of Podcast Royal. I am your host, Rachel. And I'm your host, Jessica. And we are going all over the world today with these royals of ours from the UK to Scotland, which I guess is a part of the UK, but I'm talking about England to Scotland, to Kenya, to Singapore, to Denmark, to Canada, all in this episode. That is sounds exhausting, but we're going to have fun with it. So how are you? I am great. We had the, if you're in the US, we had daylight savings time happen in our state, at least. I know not every state does it now, but it is like really, really dark before five o'clock now here. I don't like that. <laughs> so we are having our our recording sessions are in their cozy season right now, but weather is beautiful. <laughs> I had a great, relaxing, very low key weekend. Um, so I, yeah, everything's great. How are you, Rachel? I'm good. So you know what? We recorded last week on Halloween, and we not neither of us ever got a trick or treater. So wow. that's good. I I guess it would have interrupted the recording, but I am in Missouri at the moment visiting some dear friends and I will be here until tomorrow. And then I'm off to Kansas city, which is where a lot of my family lives. So I'm now I've moved from the South, which is where I live normally to the Midwest. Well, I'm in the boot hill of Missouri right now. So technically I think they might call themselves the South, but anyway, it's good to be here. It's good to be around chosen family as well as birth family and just very lucky to have the people that I do in my life. Awesome. And we talked about this a minute ago, but you're going to head back here around um, Thanksgiving. So we are going to get together and do something festive here. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'll be back in Birmingham because that is where my lovely mother lives. I know she's listening. And so I will definitely be back in Birmingham in plenty of time for Thanksgiving, which is coming up that's in like two, two weeks, two weeks and two days. I know I'm already trying to figure out what I'm going to make for Thanksgiving. I always go back to Georgia and spend it at my parents' house, but I have, so I do have a few things that I I like to make every year. And then I like to throw in something different every now and then too, but I do have something to admit to everyone. So (laughs) I normally don't do it this early, but I do actually have my Christmas tree up and, and I will kidding? say, but I always wait till after Thanksgiving. Um, but this year I decided, you know, I was like, I was here this weekend and, you know, cleaning up and, and everything. And I thought, well, I could go ahead and put it up and just wait to put the ornaments on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's up no ornaments, but I will say I, I did turn the lights on last night and it was kind of nice. You know what? <laughs> I say that, but last year I, so I had, so I love this tree that I got and it's in storage right now. And it had colored lights and it had white lights. We are majorly digressing right now and we don't need to because this episode is long enough. But anyway, I put my tree up. I think I put it up on November 15th last year. So I really can't judge. So, you know what? I used to be one of those people that was like fastidious. Like you do not do Christmas before Thanksgiving because you miss Thanksgiving. But you know what? I'm just like, do what makes you happy. Yeah, I don't think we'll see decorations up at Windsor Castle probably until early December. I think when that's when they normally do it. But mm-hmm. I figured it's getting dark early here, so may add a few extra twinkles around the house. You know so. what? I love that. Just do what <laughs> makes you happy, everybody. Well, as you said, we are going around the world today, so we may as well jump in and get started. We have a lot to talk about. Yes. Let's kick off the Royal Rundown with the big event for today. So we had King Charles' official very first state opening of Parliament, and this was quite the event. I mean, it was complete with all the pomp and circumstance, and from looking at the footage and and the different images from this event, I felt it was very reminiscent of the coronation. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my initial takeaway when I saw the photos. But well, we had the imperial state crown, and you're going to talk about Camilla's outfit was a rewear. Yeah. So there were definitely a lot of elements there. Yeah. So you know, King Charles, he's 74, and this was his official opening of Parliament for the first time in his role as king. So. The day included a procession from Buckingham Palace to the Palace of Westminster with Charles and Camilla both in the Diamond Jubilee State Coach. And then we had Princess Anne, the Princess Royal, who she traveled behind them in the State Landau. And 
Princess Anne actually holds the role of gold stick in waiting, kind of a funny title. Um, but this role dates back centuries to when the monarch would actually have protectors at his side for safety. And so that's kind of where that name comes from. And I know, like you said, that it does have a funny sounding name, but it actually is a really, really big honor. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. Although I do think, I mean, petition for a name change if I, if I was given that title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it's just, it, it's ancient. So I, you know, you yeah, don't want to mess, you sure. don't mess with the ancient titles. So at this event, we saw Charles wearing the parliament robe of state and the imperial state crown, as you said. And that's why I said this event was very reminiscent of the coronation, because that was the last time we saw him in the imperial state crown. Queen Camilla also rewore her coronation dress. So almost, you know, the same exact look as the mm -hmm. coronation, but she also had another very royal accessory at this event today. So we saw her wearing the diamond diadem for the first time and People Magazine actually noted that this crown has been worn by every British queen since King George IV in 1820. So pretty cool piece of history there. Yeah. And listeners, if this looks especially familiar, it is because Queen Elizabeth wore it often. And the photo of her that was on most UK banknotes and postage stamps featured this piece. So if it looks familiar, that's why. And also, I want to make mention here that the Imperial State Crown weighs two pounds. And that might not sound like a lot when you're carrying it in your hands, but when you are balancing it on your head, that's heavy. And there's other crowns that are heavier, but that's, that's a lot. So that, you know, that's, and, and Charles is 74 years old. I mean, he's fit, relatively fit for a 74 year old, but that's a lot. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever tried to balance anything that weighs that much on my head to even know what that might feel like. <laughs> and you remember that we talked, I think we talked about this around the coronation, but Charles has said that he remembers being a little boy and um, watching his mom balance the, like not balance the crown on her, but practice wearing the crown on her head, because that's not something that you can just show up day of. And uh, I mean, I guess you could, but it might not go well and you don't want to be embarrassed like that. So I feel like you have to practice with it on. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, Queen Camilla has also been, you know, showcasing some iconic royal jewels in recent weeks from the diamond diadem that we saw today to the girls of Great Britain and Ireland crown we talked about. I think it was in last episode. You know, you mentioned the the throwback to Queen Elizabeth and, and both of these remind us of the late Queen Elizabeth. I mean, she wore both on memorable occasions. We have pictures of her in both of these pieces that have really truly become a part of history. And I do want to mention, so during the procession today, I thought this was interesting, the Imperial State Crown, the Great Sword State and the cap of maintenance process in their very own transportation separate <laughs> from the king and queen. So they were carried over in the Queen Alexandra's state coach. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> they get their own coach because they're that important. So King Charles delivered his much-awaited speech, of course, which is known as the King's Speech. And as we've mentioned, the Prince of Wales could not be in attendance for the special occasion today because he is currently in Singapore for the Earthshot Prize Awards, which we'll talk about later. I'm not going to read the full King's Speech here because it would be super long and you can go out there and find it online. But this was the first time the speech has been given by a king and not a queen in over 70 years. I actually yeah. think he mentioned that at the beginning of the speech. And a few items that he mentioned included tackling anti-Semitism, lowering inflation and the cost of living, tougher sentencing for terrorism and illegal migration, investing in renewable energy sources, focusing on high quality education for young people, addressing climate change ensuring the safe development of artificial intelligence and creating a smoke-free generation by restricting the marketing of e-cigarettes to children. So, I mean, there's a lot covered in the speech yeah. today. I mean, that was just a snippet of some of the items he went over. 
Um, but really interesting. If you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend going out there and, and mm-hmm. taking a look. It's, yeah, it's worth it's worth the watch. I mean, it is a part of history because it is the first King speech, as you said, in 72 years. So that's not a short amount of time. So I, I am going to mention this might be a hot take. I'm not totally sure, but I did not love the rewear of the coronation gown by Queen Camilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful dress, but I thought it was sort of similar to our thoughts on that dark Bruce Oldfield gown with the silver embellishments, the one that wasn't your favorite. Yes. Um, when we talked about that rewear recently, um, we said it was too early, right? Like even whether you like the dress or not, it was just like, We just saw it not that long ago. So that's kind of how I felt about the coronation dress. I liked the dress, but I felt like it was too early for a rewear. That's just my opinion. It might be a hot take and I'd love to know what listeners think, but what did you think, Rachel? Well, I understand what Camilla is doing here. So the monarchy is attempting to be more relatable, basically proving that they need to exist in 2023 or 2024, on and on and on. And in some respects, I think, Yes, you should do that. You should be sustainable. You should always be mindful. But this is a what I would consider to be a, a grand event, and we want grand for it, right? And so, just how just how we had grand for the coronation, we'd never seen that before. Uh, we want, you know, and Kate was in bespoke McQueen and Charlotte, and you know, it's it's kind of like as a royal when you're doing day to day engagements, sure, do rewears, be relatable, but when you're when you're doing the royal thing, like when you got the crowns out, you got the imperial state crown out, you got the diamond diadem out, bring bring the fancy, you know, really, really go there. Give us the majesty that we came for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and again, it was a beautiful dress, very meaningful, very special. I just felt like um, this was another big event and I would have liked to have seen something different, even if it was a rewear from, you know, a, an older rewear, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah. anyway, listeners, let us know what you think about that. So that was our little recap of Charles' big event today. And now we are going to hop over to the Waleses. Yeah. So they are back. Particularly, we're going to talk about Catherine, of course. But the Waleses are back from their autumn break. And I just wanted to mention this fun little outing from last week where we saw the Princess of Wales with a group of super dads. And I'm sure we are all familiar with the Avengers movie. Although I, I do have to admit, I don't, Rachel, I don't think I've actually ever seen one. (laughs) I don't think I have either. So I was, I dated a guy, um, over the summer actually, that was really into like the uh, guys are really into this Marvel cinematic universe. And I'm sure women are too. That's just not really my thing. So I finally saw Iron Man. Listeners are probably judging, but I finally saw Iron Man. I think the first Iron Man for the first time. I've, I don't think I've ever seen any of the Avengers. I mean, I think I would remember, but um, it's just, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. All respect. I mean, Iron Man was actually really good. Like it was, it was a really good movie with Robert Downey Jr., but that's not something that I would watch like on my own, probably. Well, they make so much money when they come out. So I know there's a huge, huge group of people out there that love these movies. And, and I think there are quite a few of them, but like 67, we counted because we like, we were like, how's it, how long is it going to take for, you know, for, for us to get through this? And then we broke up before. We could <laughs> But so that's the anyway. test. Can can yeah. your relationship outlive <laughs> all of the? We didn't the make it through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But anyway, <laughs> um, I at least I dipped a toe in in there. But yeah, I ha- I don't think I've seen the. I mean, I I know I haven't. I would remember that. So well, I'm a rom com girl, and I think you. Oh yeah, are you, too. You know I am. So. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the Avengers because this group of dads, Catherine Met, have named their group the Dad Avengers, and it's basically a dad support group. So it's like a community of fathers. They've got an online presence, but they've also started getting together in person for something that they call Dad Walks, where mm-hmm. they meet up in person with other fathers just looking for that community, and, and they go on walks together. So Catherine met them in Arnos Grove, London last week she joined their dad walk and she was really there to help bring awareness to the importance of the role of fathers in children's early years of life so the group prioritizes obviously 
the mental health of fathers. They provide training for dads that, you know, need, need some additional resources. And we know this is an important issue to the Waleses. So I thought it was really interesting that, that she came to this event, um, while she was there, the group also gathered in a local pub, and I saw some photos from this. They had a singer lead the group in the wheels on the bus, and you can see Catherine. She's got, like, maracas in her hand, <laughs> shaking and enjoying the performance, so that was really fun to see. Yeah, she was she was getting down a little bit. I appreciated that little, like, un- unwound cape. Well, I want to know your thoughts on this event. And okay, I have to say, I do really, I love how she highlighted the importance of dads in the lives of young children. And I do think this makes perfect sense for her to join up with this group with the alignment of the early years project. But for me, I couldn't help but wonder why this wasn't scheduled on a day when Prince William could have joined. And, and, you know, I'm I'm not, can't remember the exact day and if he had anything going on, but I can tell you in just a minute. Well, please do. So we know he is a dad of three young children. We know he prioritizes time with them. And I feel like this would have been a great opportunity for him to come and maybe provide some inspiration for this group, Mm -hmm. maybe have conversations kind of relating with some of the challenges that dads might face when they're, you know, trying to make time for their families, balance with their careers, providing for the home. Um, So I would have loved to have seen him there as well. But what did you think? Well, I completely agree with your take there. And I, I think it kind of seems like a missed opportunity, right? Because William isn't just a dad for show. Like he really is a hands-on dad. Like he does the school run. Like he, I mean, and you can, and you can tell that because of the way that the kids look at him, right? Like if, if he was a removed and distant dad, just putting on a show for the cameras, you kids don't lie. I mean, as we're about to talk about in our next, in our next news item, kids do not lie. And so, but you can tell that he is very much a hands-on dad the way they look at him, the way they interact with him. So I, that day, I can answer your question. It was November 1st. William was conducting an investiture ceremony, but you are right. You, but the, the event with the dad walk event could have been scheduled on a day when he could have attended. I mean, I guess, like, I don't know the ins and outs of the Royal diary, but I mean, yeah, I I feel like that kind of seemed like a missed opportunity as well, but maybe Kate did it by herself to highlight like how highlight the strong importance of this like that she like she wanted to be the one like that was saying this is so important for early years development I don't know but I can I know where he was he was at an investiture okay well either way it was an interesting event and I liked that they brought some awareness to to that group and and kind of you know what they've got going on there Yeah. Well, the next day was Thursday, November 2nd, and William and Kate undertook their first joint engagement since returning from autumn break. So we teased this last week. They went to Scotland. They wore matching green jackets. They wore their poppy pins. It's November now. Um, November 11th is this week, and that is the day of remembrance. Those poppy pins, we've talked about this, I'm sure, on the show before, but if you're wondering what are these red poppy pins, what do they mean? They honor lives lost in war. So Kate wore some flares jeans and she's got her feathered hair she looked right out of the 70s vision straight out of 1976 or something like that I have to say I just want to throw this out there you know a lot of people have been chatting about her jeans and wanting to you know have a pair of her jeans I would like to say that I have a pair of these jeans and I've had them for quite a while now so I like to think that She somehow discovered Podcast Royal and I influenced her and obviously (laughs) she can because she can totally see what jeans you're wearing through the podcast because we're yeah I'm I'm totally (laughs) kidding but it is always fun when you um have something like that and you don't have to be part of the scramble to go out and buy it before it sells out (laughs) that's that's so cool to be like on the front end of that trend I'm not sure I've ever been on the front end of something Kate's worn but um (laughs) I, we digress. So the visit to Scotland was to learn how children can be supported in their mental health through the great outdoors. So to that end, William and Kate rode some bicycles. There was actually a really adorable moment. This, I mean, it's not adorable that the little boy fell off his bicycle and was crying. That's not cute, but he did. The adorable moment was Kate hopped right into mom mode. She bent down to his level. She told him he was brave and she encouraged him to give it another go. But, okay, so that's cute and everything, but William and Kate both said 
some puzzling things while in Scotland that I that I want to make mention of here because the the thing that Kate said kind of bothered me. So okay, let's let's start with Kate. So she was asked by, and I love it when they do engagements where they do walkabouts with kids because kids do not care; they will say whatever, and it makes me laugh because they're so uninhibited. Well, for example, so the school kid asks Kate who she is, which is like awesome <laughs> and totally humbling moment there. <laughs> it's like who who are you and why are all these people here for you and why are all these cameras here for you so um anyway so it's <laughs> that's fair I guess but Kate's answer to the question was weird to me so she said I'm married to William that was her answer to who she is I mean she could have said the princess of Wales in in Scotland there she's the duchess of Rothsay which I might be mispronouncing but I don't like I don't like that we as women sorry, I'm going to get on my soapbox for like one second. I don't like that we as women become XYZ's wife or XYZ's mom or associate ourselves with our career. Like, you know, I'm a writer and, or XYZ's daughter or what, whatever, like we, we just, who are we as women anyway, that's a whole other podcast. But, um, then, and then she pointed to William after she said that. So if this were like the Earthshot prize awards, which are happening, literally today or at an engagement that William was spearheading or one of his patronages, I could maybe understand that response, but it was a joint engagement. It wasn't either of their patronage. It was an equal billing basically. So I really did not get that. And I, I, it just felt to me like Kate was being a bit reductive of herself and it is Uh, true. I have a, I have a little bit different take than you on this. Okay, go for it. I actually kind of love it. Um, okay. I mean, I think it's cute. I, I, of course, I think it's kind of romantic, right? Um, and, you know, she's married to William, but William's also married to her. Um, Would William answer the question, I'm Kate's husband? I don't know. Well, but it kind of, so you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that time when Queen Elizabeth, I think she was around Balmoral or something, and someone walked up to her and said, have you seen the queen? Or, you know, some, you know, they made a comment like that, like they were wanting to meet the queen, and she was standing there with, uh, oh gosh, who was it, Angela Kelly? Or it was somebody that she was standing there with, and she said, um, or, oh, I think he said, have you met the queen before? And she goes, I haven't, but she has and pointed to, you know, the person standing next to her and, you know, the tourists like had no idea that they were actually talking to the queen. And it was kind of hilarious. Like, how you know, she could have said I'm the queen. I'm not sure how that's possible, but I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, I mean, it, it's really much ado about nothing. It's not that serious, but like women, we are more than our husbands. We are more than our children. We are our own independent people. Who are you, Jessica? Who am I? Right. Anyway, but um, then I don't know. I I kind of I kind of liked it. I thought it was. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it is, you know I'm a romantic. It's cute and whatever. But I'm also like Kate. You are amazing. Like out like with or without William. You know, like just, you're awesome. And you are. I think it kind of goes back to though, like her not you know like she doesn't really have to toot her own horn like she's comfortable with who she is and she doesn't yeah. have to say it you know right. I mean I don't know I, I like it I think it was a really personal personable thing for her to say I'll just say it wasn't what I was expecting but maybe she didn't say princess of Wales because they obviously don't know what that means they don't know who they are which I think is well, I think it's kind of awesome and like it also I think it points to like how strong their relationship is too. Like, I mean, if she kind of sees part of her identity as, as being half of him, like, or a half of a part with him, like, you know, I, I don't I know. I want to hear listeners response to this because I don't know why this <laughs> bothered me so much. Cause it really did. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it's again, not that serious and, and she's not wrong. She is William's wife, but I just think she's so much more than that. All right. She's we'll, we'll pull so the audience, pull we'll people, add. pull people and see if that bothered them. Cause maybe I'm just out to lunch over here, but it, it kind of got under my skin and not, I mean, I didn't lose sleep over it, but William also had a weird response to a kid's question of his own on the same visit in Scotland. So the kid asked if this kid is a budding journalist, this kid needs to go to J school and like be on, like be the next Diane Sawyer or whatever. But the kid asked if it was tricky 
being a prince, which is kind of a tough question. Like that's like for William, that's like, how do you navigate that? It's a loaded question. The kid, again, should go into journalism probably, but William's response is a little bit nonsensical. He kind of took it a direction. Again, I was not expecting. He responded, is it tricky being a prince? It's tricky being a pilot. <laughs> how is that for an answer? So, I mean, I guess he was referring to, you know, he was a helicopter pilot. Um, that was that was an artful dodge there, William. Um, same visit, a kid. I love these kid visits. Like, can we do this more often? Because they say what, like they do not, like they, they have no filter. So a kid asked William how old he was. And William made the very dangerous move of asking the kid how old the kid thought William was, which is like, could pretty much always turn out badly the kid guessed 57 <laughs> which will, <laughs> William is 41 so uh, he aged him 16 years in in a second William William was really cute he feigned horror and shock and he said I'm not that old so again kids say the darndest things and I, I don't know I just that, that was a weird that was a, like their responses on that visit were were interesting so I really want to see the poll of what you guys think of that and if I'm overreacting which I very well may be but let us know what you think I am entertained by unexpected responses in general I think they always kind of make me laugh but you know I don't know what Prince William was pointing to, I don't know what they had talked about before that question, if he had told the kids that he had been a helicopter pilot or kind of where that answer came from. But it kind of seems in line with Kate where they're getting down on this level as kids and trying to point away from this like status of being a prince and princess and just saying like, hey, you know, like, if you're, if, if you grow up and you be a pilot one day, that's a tricky job too. I've done that before, you know, and kind of taking it off of the, yeah, I'm a prince, I'm a princess and just talking about other parts of life. So I, I wonder if that's what they were doing or if they Who were knows? just, I just have to say that they were unexpected responses. <laughs> they, yeah, they were definitely unexpected for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, let's take a break from the Waleses and let's hop back over to, we mentioned princess Anne a little while ago. So I want to I want to share a little glimpse of her that we got this last week. She um, honored her mother, the late Queen Elizabeth. And I thought it was worth a mention because it was, like I said, just really sweet. So Princess Anne attended the Grand Day Choral Evensong service at Temple Church in London. And she wore the Admiral's Cloak, which belonged to the late Queen Elizabeth. And there are actually a few photos of the Queen wearing the cloak. If you go look online, you can find them. Um, one which was taken, I believe, in 1968. So this is, you know, a, a pretty pretty old cloak. And we know Anne loves bringing back a vintage piece, which I think is really cool. Um, I like seeing her do this. And I think a lot of people enjoy seeing the older pieces come out. And again, what we were talking about with rewares, I enjoy bringing a, a rewear out that we haven't seen in quite a while. So mm-hmm. Wanted to mention that at the choral service, she read a passage from the Bible. The verses were from 1 Corinthians. Uh, Listeners are probably familiar with this verse. I think it's chapter 13 where she says, um, she she read, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, I have, and I have not charity, I become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she read that passage. She had the cloak on that belonged to her mother and a passage from first Corinthians was also read at her mother's funeral. So, mm-hmm. wow. um, Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting um, little sighting that we saw. I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually missed that. So I'm glad that you brought that up and always good to have. I think that's probably the first time we've ever read a Bible passage on. Maybe not. I don't know, but I'm glad to hear it. So total right turn again. We're just all we are going to be all over the place in this royal rundown. So just as his parents can seemingly undertake anything, the Wales trio, especially George, seem to be much the same. So George is casual, right? He's 10. He's doing triathlons now. <laughs> like what the heck? Like what is in the water at at Adelaide Cottage? Like they're like I just I, I've never like we had this conversation and I'm not going to get into this because we've had this conversation on air about how like I have like one hobby and that's reading. I mean, I guess I like to travel. I paint sometimes, but like, I just am not someone that can like pick up a skill and do it flawlessly. And I just feel like they can like, 
be like, oh, I think I'll run a Try a triathlon today. And like, that's like, that's like climbing Mount Everest for me. But anyway, so he, George is 10. So we, again, we've long known he's been interested in sport, but as I am proof positive of just because you're interested in sport does not mean you are good at sport, but George actually is a talented athlete. He plays rugby. He plays soccer. Apparently he's now doing triathlons. And uh, we learned a little anecdote from the investiture that William did that um, George is sharing his talcum powder with his friends. And the talcum powder was a tip he got from one of William's staffers. So George just continues to impress. And <laughs> We're going to move now into the Kenya trip. So we're not going to go engagement by engagement over the four days because we would be here all night. But um, the Kenya trip that King Charles and Queen Camilla undertook has wrapped up as anticipated. I knew that this was going to happen. So we we recorded the last episode on Halloween. And that night, Charles and Camilla went to a state banquet and he made those remarks. If you want to hear that, you can listen to the last episode. I said on the last episode that... I thought that those remarks would be the closest that Charles came in the visit to apologizing for colonization. And I was right. Cause I, I mean, if he said anything else, I missed it, but I, I don't think he did. So um, I did not know this again, a total right turn here, but did you know that Camilla doesn't have her ears pierced? I don't think I did know that. I didn't either. And so I, so I didn't get my ears pierced until I was 18 and I've had my ears pierced, I think three or four times. So oh, wow. this, the reason for that is because if I don't wear earrings in my ears every day, one of them stays open, but the other one closes up really quickly, like within, like within a week or a couple of days. So I have to keep getting them re-pierced. Cause like, or I could just rock one earring, but that's weird. <laughs> and so one of them is closed right now. So I actually need to get my ears pierced for a fifth time. What? Like, are you not, are you not able to just push it through with an earring? Like I really I don't up. want to, like, I don't, I'm scared. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a wimp, I guess, but like, I've tried like, and one of them, one of them, the whole is sorry, like, sorry, listeners, but like, here we go. But like, one of them is fine, but the other one, like, it's just like, I probably could push through and like it, but it's just like that little bit of extra push that I just can't do. It just grossed me out. Mm-hmm. So I need to probably go, get, but Claire's went, Claire's declared bankruptcy. So where am I going to go get my ears pierced anyway? Look, Rachel, come <laughs> over here. We'll do the parent <laughs> trap. I'll get an apple and a needle. And some no, I, 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 that's why it took me until I was 18 to get them pierced. Cause I was scared. And, um, I mean, I'm not scared to do it anymore. I've done it four doggone times, but like, I just, anyway, we'll think I want to wear earrings again. So I need to prioritize that, but Lots of things have been going on over here and piercing my ears have not been the priority. So anyway, all of this unnecessary information is to tell you that Camilla wore her wedding day earrings while in Kenya, which I guess are clip-ons. I don't know. She doesn't have her ears pierced. Um, the earrings are diamond floral studs with a pearl drop. And again, the engagements while in Kenya were numerous. We're not trying to like gloss over the Kenya trip. It was meaningful and it was four days and you know, there's going to be more visits like them. Again, we will just be here all night if we go through them all one by one. I personally loved seeing all the animals on this tour because I, I we've too. made no we've made no bones about that we love animals on this show. Camilla baby or baby fed bottle fed a baby elephant. Um, they visited Nairobi, Mombasa. I want to go to Kenya. Um, Charles had a really sweet quip about Kate where he called her his beloved daughter in law and because he was talking about her because Kenya is where William proposed the visit seemed to go off well I really haven't heard any rampant criticism over the king's speech uh, and on at the state banquet that night not the king's speech like the state opening of parliament but the king's speech in Kenya um he did toe the line as far as an apology did not quite step over it and you know I just I think that these are how visits are going to go they're just going to be pretty like pretty standard and they go to a lot of places and it's meaningful and then they're done. So they're back from Kenya. So do you have any thoughts on the Kenya visit? I totally agree with you. I think overall this trip was a success. I think their choice in location um, was really thoughtful and, and a great choice. You know, we've talked before, Kenya is meaningful to the Royals on a lot of different levels. They've got a lot of memories there. 
Um, I also enjoyed the different engagements that they went on the, the baby elephant. I think I shared mm -hmm. a picture on our Instagram of Camilla petting a little puppy dog while she yeah. was there. Um, just a lot of, you know, yeah, kind of fun, different things to follow along with. And to your point, I haven't seen a lot of criticism or anything. I think it was received very well and I would call it a success. I would too. And I, you know, I'm, I guess the Charles's words satisfied because I didn't really hear much blowback um, afterwards, but I, I knew that night last Tuesday that that was all we were going to hear because, you know, he did go there kind. I mean, he didn't step over the line, but he went there. He addressed it, but I just didn't, I just didn't think that we would hear anything more about it. And we didn't. So. All right. Moving on from Kenya, it is now time to hop on the jet and go visit Prince William in Singapore. So as we've mentioned, Prince William is there for the Earthshot Prize Awards, and he did actually confirm in a speech the reason he is there solo, which was what we all guessed. Catherine did stay behind to help Prince George prepare for some exams. So he is, he's been over there. I think they, they actually just wrapped up the Earthshot Prize Awards mm -hmm. and they did roll out the famous green carpet for this event, which I really love seeing. I think the green carpet is such a fun element for, you know, the theme for this event. I've been and on that green carpet, just saying like, I, I, <laughs> I wish I was in Singapore right now, but I'm not. I know that would be so cool. Instead, I, I I'm, in, instead I'm in Missouri. <laughs> So well, quite a, quite a, quite a right turn from Singapore. I am not in Singapore. I'm in Missouri. So, well, I was curious about your take on this as you know, you were there in person last year and you weren't this year. So how did that feel different from the reporting perspective? But well, we can chat about that in a second. So Prince William was joined by some true stars. Kate Blanchett was in attendance as well as Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. Yes. I love Ted um, Lasso. So real quick about Earthshot Prize, for any listeners who may be newly following the Royals or following this event, this year's winners were selected from more than 1,100 entries. Uh, they were by individuals who were looking to solve for environmental issues and setbacks. And there are five categories to the Earthshot Prize, air, nature, ocean, waste, and climate. And $1.2 million is being awarded to the winner across those categories. So the winners were presented at the awards ceremony. We did get a photo of Prince William with all of the award recipients. And I will say if you are in the U.S., you will be able to watch the ceremony on PBS this Sunday, November 12th, if you're interested in doing that. So Tell me your takeaways, Rachel. What was your perspective this year? Well, I, um, I'm just, I'll just say this. I, if I was going to go to the Earthshot Prize Awards any year, I'm glad I went in a year where Kate was there because yeah, I for sure. like, like I would have been really sad to, I mean, in William's fine and, but, and more than enough, but I'm, I, I think I was exactly where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there. Although I would love to be in Singapore, we'll see where it is next year. Maybe that can happen. Who knows? But I, I loved this. There's this moment, this viral moment where the baby bit William's finger. Did you see this? I miss that. Oh, it's so cute. You need to go. How did I miss him. a viral moment too? Yes. So to my, to my point earlier that William is a great dad and great with kids, he handled this so well. So a baby that he met on a walkabout hung onto his hand and he even tried to put William's finger in his mouth and William just laughed and he said, I need my finger. I need my finger back. It was, it was a lot cuter the way that William said it than what, what I just did, but William is very charming and just like Kate, he's really good with kids. So you need to check that out because that's a cute moment. I definitely will. Well, since our last episode, Kate shared a powerful message on addiction through a patronage with the Forward Trust. So the message came out as Addiction Awareness Week was coming to a close. I just want to highlight briefly Kate's stance here where she says correctly, in my opinion, that addiction is not a choice. And I know we talk about the crowns and the outfits and the pomp and circumstance of royalty, but this kind of on the ground work is really what makes up the core of who the royal family is, I think. 
And briefly, I feel like we'd be remiss and you listeners would be like, hello, is your finger on the pulse if we didn't throw this story in here because it is news, even though I feel like it's a little bit none of our business whether Harry is attending his dad's birthday party. But as we've said on the show more than once, Charles turned 75 on November 14th. That's what I would consider a milestone birthday. The Royals are actually not really big on birthdays, but to mark the occasion because it is a milestone, Camilla is having a small party for family and close friends at Clarence House, which is where they live in London. So over the weekend, the Sunday Times reported that Harry was invited to the party, but declined the invitation. And a spokesperson for Harry spoke out and said, no, Harry didn't decline because he hadn't yet been invited and that he found out about the party in the media. So now, you know, and the drama continues. I don't want to park there. So let's talk about one of our favorite Royals and that's Sophie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, unless you have thoughts on that. Well, (laughs) before we, before we jump over, I will say, I mean, Charles has had some some big birthday celebrations in the past, if I recall. Um, So, you know, I guess maybe they're doing something a little bit smaller this year, but I mean, this just kind of tells me that we don't really know the whole story right behind the scenes. Yeah. And then you report it out and like you trust a new source. Right. And then you realize that they got it wrong. And I will say that this is indicative of what five years can do because for Charles's 70th birthday, which was in 2018, Harry and Meghan delayed their honeymoon to make sure to be there for his birthday celebrations. Now here we are with 75 and a lot has happened in five years. We'll just say that. So I, again, I mean, I've said this once I've said it a million times, continue to pray for reconciliation. They are family at the end of the day. And uh, that seems pretty far away today, but I'm still an eternal optimist hoping for the best. Well, I just think that we have to remember every time an event like this comes around, there's always some kind of chatter in the media about who was invited, who declined, what's the drama, you know, something like this always seems to pop up. And I think we have to be really careful when we read reports as to how things are worded, because I think they can be a little bit manipulative sometimes, like um, saying like he, he didn't decline because he hasn't yet been invited and he found out about it in the media. I mean you know, I don't, I don't know. We don't, we don't know what that really means. Not yet invited. I mean, does that mean that, you know, those his were my, those were my words, Jessica, those were my words. Not oh, the, I thought you I, said a spokesperson. Well, the spokesperson that. said that, but I'm like paraphrasing. That's not a direct quote. Like he, the spokesperson said that Carrie had not been invited. Okay. See, yeah. So, so Harry had not been invited. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we don't know what that means. He, he may be getting invited at, you know, we don't know. So it's just hard to speculate on, on stuff like that. But to your point, um, definitely praying for reconciliation because, because family is really important there, but um, yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts on that. So we can move on to the Duchess of Edinburgh and her travels to Canada. Okay. Go for it. So last week we said, you know, Sophie, the Duchess of Edinburgh would be traveling to Canada for an official visit. And we do have a few updates from her trip. So on Saturday, she attended the Countess of Wessex Cup, named after the Countess of Wessex, of course, um, a title that she held before becoming the Duchess of Edinburgh. But this is a competition featuring a variety of military challenges. After the, the Countess of Wessex Cup, she attended a reception and a dinner gala for the Lincoln and Welland Regimental Foundation. And she wore a beautiful silver toned gown by Erdem to this event. And I included a photo in our notes here, Erdem Rachel, is Canadian, for you. by the way. So that's probably why she wore that. See, that's my kind of dress right there. I like that. It's very pretty. Um, we can include a photo on our Instagram of this as well. Um, it's, you know, it's conservative, but it's got just enough shimmer and sparkle mm-hmm. that it catches your eye. So really great choice of a dress for Sophie, I think. Yeah. And of course, she's a diplomatic dresser like most royal women are. And she wore a Canadian designer in Canada. So checked every box there. I think that's beautiful. I like the belt too. I normally don't like belts, but I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That dress has to have a belt. You know, I think it it wouldn't yeah. have been, it wouldn't have had the same impact without the belt. So you can see her poppy pin too. Yep. 
Well, on Sunday, we did see her at the service of remembrance where she met with soldiers and their families. And I can't remember the uh, designer of that dress. I'm trying to recall it, but it was like a navy velvet dress and hat she had on. I don't know if you saw those, Rachel, um, Mm -hmm. those photos. But anyway, overall, I think this was a successful trip. Um, I really didn't see a ton of coverage on this one in the media. I I saw a few stories. I kind of had to search them out. Um, but the pictures were definitely fun. Um, oh, I, I, okay. I just found the, the Navy, uh, velvet dress she wore on Sunday is Susanna London, which is another name that we see. Yeah. That's what, uh, Louise wore to the coronation if I'm not, or was that Beulah London? I don't know. Somebody, no, I think it was Susanna London. Anyway, I'll have to find Well, Sophie wears Susanna London fairly frequently as well, mm-hmm. I feel like. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, that's all we've got on that event, but it looked like it was a success as well. Sophie and- is so underreported. And do you know why she is? It's because she's totally like, she's totally sane and tame and like just mm-hmm. non-dramatic, <laughs> so, which, yeah. which is sad because like she does great work, but she's so non-drama. That it all flies under the radar. So that's but, why know, we talk about her. And we've talked too about how she is such a hardworking royal. I mean, she's been traveling quite a lot lately as well. You know, I mean, going all the way over to Canada and she was just on a trip recently, a few weeks ago um, that we reported on as well. So she is staying busy. I love Sophie. But honestly, well, I don't know. I would, I would say that she would be in my top two or three for Royals that I want to have tea with because I just like her. Like, I just feel like she would be really nice and really affable. And I just, I, I, I'm glad that we always, you love her too. So we always bring her work to the spotlight. Yes, for sure. Well, that wraps up our Royal rundown. That was a that's a lot to talk about. That's a about. lot. That's a lot for one week. Like that's, that felt like a two week lift back when we were on a two week, every two week cadence. That was, it was a busy week this week. Lots of lots going on. I don't know if it'll be that, but well, I guess it'll be Charles's birthday next week, but I don't think it'll be that heavy next week. Well, let's do a real quick Royals around the world segment. We've got something to report on here that I don't want to jump over. So the Spanish Royals are in Denmark for an official visit this week. And we had another Tierra moment the other night. Mm -hmm. And we just had a lot of these lately between birthday parties and openings of parliament and all kinds of stuff. We've had a lot of Royal jewels. This one was major. This was a great crossover. Definitely. So, okay. King Philippe and Queen Letizia of Spain arrived in Denmark on Monday. They were greeted by Queen Margaret, Crown Prince Frederick, and Crown Princess Mary of Denmark. And then later that evening, they held a state banquet at Christiansborg Palace where we got the long gowns and the tiaras. And I added some pictures here, Rachel. So we had Queen Letizia was in this navy ball gown sort of like a little cap sleeve off the I edge of the shoulder Letizia. my god she's so beautiful she is i mean her fashion is incredible Impeccable. i will say yeah. um she's got a pretty large tiara on and then we've got queen margrethe with a dark uh like like a hunter green gown and her sleeves are like a lace Sleeve, also really pretty and then crown princess mary is in sort of a grayish silver mm-hmm. almost like a blue gray silver toned mm-hmm. dress that's covered in embellishments um looks like little crystals and things all over the dress so real quick i want to ask what was your initial take on the dress Dr- well, first, all the dress first i want to say christian's borg palace is really getting its money's worth this month because they've had a lot a lot going on there and you know, I love how we do Royals around the world every week. So we know who these people are. They're not just like queen this queen that we like, we talk about these people enough that hopefully listeners, you know who they are because I love these Royals just as much as the British Royal family, but to your question, okay. Letizia just looks fantastic. Letizia is a Royal and she keeps it very Royal and classy and elegant, but she also adds she's clearly a fashion girl. She adds a kick to it. And I really love the cap sleeves here. It would not be something I would wear, but she looks fantastic. That color's great. Okay. Mark Reth, what are you doing with your skincare? Cause you look fantastic. <laughs> I know, she like does. she does not look, I, I mean, she's been on the throne for 50 years. So she's, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly how old she is right off the top of my head. She's in her seventies, I think. And 
She looks amazing. That is a gorgeous dress and a gorgeous color. I love this color on me. I mean, this is a triple knockout. Boom, boom, boom. And, and sometimes I don't like the dresses and I tell you when I don't, but these three are like, we've got some really good fashion this week. Sophie did great. These three women look amazing. I mean, just boom, boom. Okay. Boom. So good. So I will point out. Um, none of these gowns were new. They were all rewears. And it seems to me like more and more of our royals are choosing to bring out gowns from their wardrobe that they've worn in the past and recycle them or change them a little. Yeah. Or, or they just wear them as is, um, rather than, you know, going on and purchasing something new for every occasion. So, I think they're really selective and intentional about what they choose to rewear and what they want to purchase new. I will say I love the reveal of a new gown. It is so fun and exciting to see what they're going to what they're going to show us, but I also really to your point love recycling the really beautiful dresses mm-hmm. and you know, I I think these dresses are so carefully crafted mm-hmm. and they're so beautiful and they're so expensive. I think it makes sense to bring them out again rather than wearing them once and tucking them away forever. And I think it gives us non-royals permission to do the same, you know, Absolutely. purchase a really nice dress and wear it more than once. Okay. So I looked this up while you were speaking. Look at this picture of Margaret, the, the close-up one. How old do you think she is, Jessica? We're going to play a principal. I was thinking she was in her early 80s. But... She, you're right. But I think she looks younger than that. She's 83. And she looks, I think she looks fantastic. Also, with these uh, closer-up photos, the jewelry here. Like, look at Letitia's crown. And look okay, at her so earrings. <laughs> I do have a hot take on this. I, I think Letitia's tiara is maybe a little too big for this. It's pretty big. Like it's like, it's, I don't like, there should be like some protocol. Cause I write Royal protocol in my spare time, but there should be some protocol where if you're the visitor, your, your tiara should not be b- bigger than your host. And, and it the queen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it definitely, definitely. That is a large tiara. I wonder how much that weighs. Yeah. But, I don't know, but I think it should have been scaled down a little bit. Well, and her <laughs> earring, her earrings are beautiful. Um, Mary's is understated. And then Margaret's got some emeralds on, man. She's got like a massive emerald necklace going on and some earrings too. You know, I always thought the rule, and again, we're digressing like all over the place in this episode, but I always heard the rule that if you have a statement necklace like she has, then you shouldn't wear statement earrings too. And I mean, Margaret has a, has a tiara. She's got some statement earrings. She's got some statement necklace. She's got what looks like some kind of like a, like a medal on so she's she's Mm. all blinged out over there but I mean whatever she's doing with her skincare routine she looks amazing yeah no yeah all they all look great I love all of the jewels I love all of the dresses um yeah that's a knockout right there that's that's boom 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 well, other activities on the agenda for this trip include a meeting focused on green energy, a visit to a hospital, a visit to the Danish Architectural Center that's going to be focused on sustainable developments in big and growing cities, and they'll also attend an event for Spanish people residing in Denmark. Mm-hmm. And I will note, this is the first time Spanish royals have done an official state visit to Denmark since 1980. And wow. so it's been quite a while and it's shaping up to be a pretty successful trip, I think. Yeah, I love, you know, I love a good crossover and um, you never know which ones you're going to get. Like, you never, like, it's always a little bit unexpected, which, which family's going to go to which family and. I do love a good Royals Around the World well, crossover. And I, I didn't put this in the notes, but I just remembered I noticed and I shared it on our Instagram. You know, we've talked about before all of the tie-ins with um, godparents and the Royals. Yeah. So King Philippe of Spain is actually godfather to Prince Vincent of Denmark. And they had a photo together that they shared oh, on cute. Instagram today. And I shared that in our story. So listeners, go check that out. That's cute. Um, Again, we love these families. And let me move into our final segment, which is our Royals Around the World Factoid of the Week. This week's Royals Around the World Factoid takes us to Monaco, which listeners, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that is one of my favorite royal families from around the world. I think you like them too. We did, I think, an entire deep dive on Monaco in episode 19. I say go back and listen to it, but God probably don't. (laughs) That was a 
that was a long time ago. There's been a lot of, there's been almost a hundred podcast episodes since that. That's crazy. So Monica's Royal family is probably truly perhaps defined by Grace Kelly, who, if you don't know who Grace Kelly is, she's an Oscar winning actress. She's an American. She met Prince Rainier and at the Cannes Film Festival back in 1955, they were kind of set up. It was, it was kind of a weird situation but they married a year later and and this really was a love match like this wasn't a Charles and Diana situation where like they they I I don't think that I I think anybody would agree with me that Charles and Diana were not the loves of each other's lives and they probably should not have gotten married they didn't really know each other that well but this really was a love match so here's a fun fact for you both Grace and Rainier's legal and religious wedding ceremonies were broadcast by MGM MGM was her film studio that Grace Kelly was with at the time. That was a deal brokered so that Grace Kelly could buy out of her contract with them. Isn't that interesting? Because she was under contract with them. And then she wanted to go get married and move to Monaco and stop filming movies, stop making movies. And so they were like, okay, we'll let you out of your contract, but we've got to have the rights to your wedding and we've got to film it. So I just thought that that was really interesting. And then, um, I mean, again, like Harry's not the, the heir to the throne. He was actually on the throne at the time, but um, it's just like a lot of American actress parallels happening here, but that I'm thinking about, but another fun fact. So I didn't, I didn't know this until I was researching for this segment, but, and I've studied the Monaco Royal family pretty closely, but Grace carried a pearl encrusted Bible with her down the aisle. And in 2005, a lucky penny was discovered in her right shoe that she wore. It it took them that long to find it all those years later. So their first child, Princess Caroline was born, get this nine months and four days after their wedding day. So (laughs) cutting it a little close there guys, but you got it. Um, They went on to have two more children, Prince Albert, who's on the throne now and Princess Stephanie. Stephanie was beside her mother in the 1982 car accident that ended up taking Princess Grace's life far, obviously far too prematurely. I still think that one of the most eerie things is one of the 400 guests at Grace's funeral was a very young Princess Diana, only about a year after she married Prince Charles. Diana, of course, along with the rest of us, had no idea, obviously, that she would also die in a car accident 15 years later. I don't know if this is a fun fact, but Rainier smoked 60, that's six zero cigarettes a day. So perhaps not surprisingly, I'm not making light of this. He died of a lung infection. So I will round this out with a couple of factoids about Prince Albert, who again is on the throne. In addition to his twins with Princess Charlene, he also had two children out of wedlock, Jasmine born in 1992 and Alexander born in 2003. So Prince Albert had a really long bachelorhood. Like we didn't know for a while if he was ever going to get married. He married when he was 53. And because both of his children prior to the marriage were born out of wedlock and Monaco's line of succession doesn't recognize that, there was some succession issue concerns for a long time if he never did get married and have children within a marriage. So I actually did not know this about Albert, but did you know that? So we knew Charlene is an Olympian. She was an Olympic swimmer for South Africa, but did you know Albert is an Olympian too, a five-time Olympian? I did not know that. And he competed in the bobsleigh. So that's, that's interesting. So there are your factoids about the Monaco Royal family. Did you learn anything today? I mean, I feel like I learned a lot. I'm still hung up on 60 cigarettes a day. It, it was a different time, but I mean, I, I've heard a lot of cigarettes. smoking, but that is like a mouthful all at once. Probably <laughs> that's, that's a lot of cigarettes. Um, do not, do not recommend listeners, but, um, I love this family. I think that Rainier and Grace's love story, it, it really was a true love match. And it's just, again, like, I mean, Grace wasn't really a commoner. She was an Academy Award winning actress, but she was not royalty and she was American. And um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was that she's from Philadelphia. And so Albert actually owns property in Philadelphia and goes back there. And, you know, it's just, she died far, far, far too young. And I think um, also- Caroline's kids are absolutely beautiful. We talked about that. Like I fangirled over Pierre Kazrahi and pretty hard in episode 19. 
um, just beautiful, like lots of, I mean, when, when the matriarch of the family is Grace Kelly, it's going to be a beautiful family. So we love the Monaco Royal family. So we'll be back next week. We've got, I think probably like, I don't know, three or four more weeks of those factoids. So we hope you're enjoying them listeners. All right. Well, anything else for the good of the order? That's episode 113. No, it's been a full episode. Lots of fun stuff going on with the Royals right now. So I'm excited they're all back at work and and busy and on the road. And we'll be back for more next time. Well, next week is episode 114. We will be recording on November 14th, Jessica. That's the three-year anniversary of Podcast Royal. So um, preemptive cheers to three years. Podcast Royal is longer than most of my romantic relationships. So go (laughs) go us. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we will celebrate with you all next week. And you know what would be a great anniversary present? If you gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and told the world via a review why you like us. And here's our rule for year four. We're entering year four, Jessica. That's crazy. If you don't like something, email us. We'll always email you back. If you do like something, please tell the world. It really, and I'm not kidding. It really does help our algorithm. So please give us a five-star review and a rating or what a mix, mix match that what, you know what I'm trying to say. And check out Instagram. Jessica kills this on Instagram. I'm kind of still on my social media detox a little bit, but every time I log on, there's great content there. So we are at Podcast Royal. Again, if you have questions or thoughts to share, you can always DM us on Instagram. You can always send us an email at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. We always get back to you. And that is episode 113 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.